1: You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver Media Podcast. The True North Eager Beaver Podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. Canadiantarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and The Peppermaster hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. Hello, kits. This is your eager beaver and Mr. Grizzly here. Hey. Um, it's Pride Month and uh, we have uh, decided to present to you as an encore an interview we did last year with CBC sportscaster Devin Haru. We had uh, done an interview in two parts, but we're only able to publish the first part, mainly because I was moving. <laughs> and,
0: and I had computer yeah. problems.
1: Yes, we did have major computer problems for a while. Uh, also, we, also able to- we,
0: we got shut down by a storm that night, remember? Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. I lost power here.
1: <laughs> um. So we wanted to present it to you because the second half was absolutely fantastic. The first Mm -hmm. half was great as well, but this was done before he had gone to the Olympics. Uh, And uh, so we talk about sports, we talk about the Olympics, but we talk about his career in broadcasting uh, and uh, what it was like, uh, you know, in sports as a gay broadcaster, because that's not always obvious at the beginning. So, yeah. We have it for you as an encore. We hope you enjoy it. Happy pride. Hello kids. For this week's interview, um I am super excited. <laughs> he is, he is. And I believe Mr. Grizzly is as well. Uh if you've been uh following us for a while, uh we've actually talked about him before uh, during our interview with Colin Hodgson, uh, he's someone that, uh, we admire very much, uh, because, uh,
0: his passion for the sport is it's second to none. Absolutely. I dude, I got excited about the sport because watching you and the way you report on it, I was like, okay, this, this man is passionate about this. I, I can dig it. I have and, and that's the honest to goodness truth. I have never seen anybody more passionate about the sport in my life. And it you got me interested in it. And, I, and I've been around it my whole life, but I can't tell you a lot about it, okay? And that's the honest to goodness truth. But I've you know, Ed Wernick and the boys, you know, I go back to those days. I'm you know, I'm fifty-three in a couple of weeks, so I'm getting a little bit older. So yeah, you you the way you report, the way you are so passionate about the sport, just it brought me in. I'm like, hey, I can I can dial into this. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who has that much passion for something,
1: it's got to be worthwhile as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm going to maybe just slide in maybe a bit of an objection as it be being the most passionate about the sport. Yes. <laughs> but <clears throat> that's not the point. It's not a competition. Anyway, no. no, no. Uh, he's a brilliant interviewer Mm -hmm. um he gets at things that nobody else gets at he asks questions that nobody else asks um he's he's just mind-blowingly good uh so you know actually we got a bio you know we're not going to do that we're just going to go right into it yes Uh, this guy he you're gonna love him okay so it's <laughs> Devin Heru <laughs> you, uh and if you've ever listened uh to his podcast uh you will know exactly what Mr Grizzly's talking about here so welcome Devin thank you so much indeed sir.
2: Douglas Paul thank you um how do I follow that? Um.
0: <laughs> Feel free, man. This is a free flow form. We don't uh, we don't we don't categorize or put anything into a box here. It's like, let's just have a chat.
2: So, so here's what I'll start with upon reflection of listening to you, and please, I mean, you're showering me with these compliments and I'm flattered by it and humbled by it. Um, when I hear people tell me about the way they consume how I cover curling, It is mind blowing to me that it resonates in the way and the essence that I want it to be consumed. So to me, that hits me in the heart because here's the thing about it. Growing up in Saskatchewan where, you know, long cold winter nights, we've got the curling rinks and that's where we gather. At the heart of all of this is community. Mm -hmm. So this is what we're really actually talking about. We're talking about community. To me, sport has always been, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this, but sport has always been about the collective experience. So I'm getting goosebumps talking about (laughs) it right now because when I know there's a big curling game on that Canadians are invested in, I hunker down and I know for the next three hours, every keystroke is going to matter to Canada and beyond for that matter. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing better for me than knowing that I get hundreds, thousands of people who are living and dying on every tweet. To me, it's magic. It happened. It started four years ago. I went into the CBC sports studio. I had a couple of bosses who didn't get curling didn't really know it, Mm -hmm. didn't probably grasp what I was trying to convey that I wanted to do. I pitched them that I'm going to the Scotties in St. Catharines. I'm going to the Briar in St. John's. I don't think a lot of people wanted me to be successful because they didn't really know. They didn't get it. Started live tweeting curling with capital letters, sometimes exclamation points, a lot of times typos. And now I have my own show, a national, international following. And I think I have the best job in the world. So that's how I'll start. <laughs>
0: well, that's a heck of a way to start. I mean, the passion comes through in every tweet. I mean, it, And honest to goodness, I mean, seeing you live on the CBC and then reading some of your tweets, I'm like, I, I'm suddenly interested in curling.
2: <laughs> that's what that's only what I would ever want. And and. And to that point, it's curling, right? I mean, we're watching 40-plus pounds of granite slide up and down sheets and people yelling at rocks and sweeping. It's quintessentially sort of quirky Canadian. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. get that. I get how niche the audience is, and I play the hell out of that because Mm -hmm. that's relatable, Oh, that's yeah. fun. I try not to take myself too seriously because lord knows some sports people out there take themselves very seriously. I ain't that. I'm here for a good time. I'm here for curling. I'm here for engagement. And that's how we bring people into the sporting mm-hmm. journey. Go go find out who did a fourth, you know, a fourth line gift. Go find out all the sports mm-hmm. clichés. That ain't me i'm here to entertain i'm here to be your best friend for three hours during a curling game well
1: the, the, we all geek out on something right we all have an inner geek right? like True. this and it's like i mean let's face it curling is it's it's got to be among the there. geekiest sports <laughs> i mean you know you've got angles and geometry and all that kind of stuff but you know it's also like i mean just the the bad jokes around the table and the trash talk and the gentle ribbing and like all in good fun.
2: Douglas, it's also really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, like a great curling shot, the point, the, 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 just be being able to collect yourself. Here's what I say about curling. Talking about geeking out.
1: Yeah. Go, go, go.
2: There are a lot of sports, maybe golf, maybe a couple of other sports off the top of my mind, where in the most pressure packed moments, you have to actually slow your adrenaline down. You don't get to use all those hormones and adrenaline Mm -hmm. and all that energy coursing through your body like a football player or a hockey player plowing through somebody. You actually have to calm your heart rate down and deliver with more precision than any other sport. To me, that is beauty in sport. That is athleticism. Come at me, anybody who wants to tell me curling isn't a sport – I mute those people on Twitter immediately. We don't even engage in that conversation. See,
1: see I'm, I'm right with you. It's like, okay, yeah. like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry, Mr. Goss, we're, we're geeking out here. Okay. Because <laughs> when they ask me about curling, what is it? Right. First of all, it's a sport you can have your entire life.
2: Right. right? Yeah. You can yeah.
1: play. Like you can it's blow true. out your knee at football. You can like this, but curling is like you, you, if you can hold a stick, if you can sit in a wheelchair, you can play. You're right. right. It's yep. like you can play. So it's like, it, you can play it your whole lifetime like golf this you can start you can learn the basics and then after that it's a lifetime to master because the ice is always different that's it like this you know the temperature like this just everything it's just always different you have good days you have bad days it's like football in that it's in any given sunday game Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right.
2: Oh, I mean, listen, if if you, if you draw the button once a month in the league, beer league curling, you're coming back for another five seasons. Oh, Like, yeah. Let's, be <laughs> yeah. let's Yeah. Be <laughs> right? And then it
1: has, like, all the, like you say, all the mastery and control of your body. I mean, a difference of two-tenths of a second mm-hmm. in a slide. And you know what two-tenths of a second feels like when you slide. Like right. this, you're you're so hyper aware of your body that you know that it's, it's mind blowing. Yep. Then you got the chess element.
2: <laughs> That's on ice, baby. Yeah. You
1: like this. Yeah. Like and then the tennis ad- element. Two come in, one yeah. come out, and yeah. you know, like this, and you're like, you know you're doing something, and then it's like, well, it's not the other team's not it doesn't have a strategy to counter you, you know? Right? So it's like they're not going to cooperate. Right? This is so making me it's,
2: so happy right now. Paul, are you still with us? I'm still very
0: much with you. Uh, I mean, watching uh, Rachel Homan throw a rock the entire length of the ice and slide it with with like millimeters on either side and get it right, I'm like. How the hell did she do that? I mean, I'm watching it on television, and you're going, "Holy crap!" That, you know, that's amazing. And look at the way. And then you look at her perspective. Forget it. Forget it. Yeah, like yeah. I, I don't know how they do it. I don't know that's how it. they do it.
1: Kids, it's your eager beaver here, and I'm just so happy that so many of us have gotten vaccinated. That we're doing what we need in order to you know, protect ourselves from COVID, not spread it and stop it from mutating, because it's really important that we do that. 70% of us have gotten our first shot and over 56% of us have gotten our second. This is good. This is really good. Canada's really going for the gold. But about 6 million of us are still unvaccinated who are eligible and everybody in Canada who is 11 years of age and younger is still not vaccinated. So we're not done yet, Mr. Grizzly
0: well you know science is your friend talk to your doctor if you have concerns and for those who have probably read something on social media somewhere or seen something in a video of a youtube or something of that sort telling you that there's metal in the uh, vaccine or that it's an experiment that was rushed to market just to you know try and handle the pandemic i can tell you unequivocally that is not true there's no 5g chip there isn't, because that technology doesn't exist to insert into a human being through a vaccine, number one. There is no metal in the vaccine, number two, and it's not new. Remember SARS in Toronto about 17, 18 years ago? Almost 19 years ago now? That was a coronavirus. This is SARS-CoV-2. It's a variation of the same thing. They have been researching diligently for almost 20 years with the latest, state-of-the-art, technological, scientific, and medical advances. Do not worry about the vaccine from that standpoint. It is completely safe. I, myself, fully vaccinated. And I'm allergic to everything there is under the sun. So if I had the uh, strength and lack of fear to get this, I was actually quite excited to get the vaccine. Please, if you are doubting yourself, just talk to your doctor
1: they know best mm-hmm. and you know if it's a matter of culture talk to someone that you know and that you trust absolutely i've received the vaccine you know, i know that there's a lot of people that are still hesitant and and many for very valid reasons and that is okay but please 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 the delta variant is 1.8 times more communicable and especially in close settings and there are such thing as breakthrough infections mm-hmm. if you're around anyone 11 years of age or younger the elderly someone who's immunocompromised or someone who can't take the vaccine for a legitimate medical reason yeah.
0: you're on the risk of uh... Making somebody else sick, and I know nobody wants to do that, right?
1: Yeah, so please, 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 please do what you need to do to keep the tribe alive. Hell yeah.
2: I love that you said watching it on television. To me, there isn't a better sport, there isn't a made for TV sport right. better than curling. Mm-hmm. We're talking about these athletes mic'd up. Sure, Benny Hebert drops an F-bomb, but who hasn't dropped yeah. an F-bomb after a <laughs> missed shot in sports, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so listen, uh, it's, it's beautiful to watch on TV. In fact, I love watching Curly on, on TV. When I go to Bond's Bills to cover it mm-hmm. on the media bench, I'm watching it, but I have a monitor right beside me showing me all those angles. You don't know how many media around the world I've had to educate on the Mm -hmm. game. My Mm -hmm. favorite story is a New York Times reporter uh, coming to London, Ontario for the Continental Cup ahead of the Pyeongchang Olympics. Mm -hmm. Um, Great guy. Hadn't seen a damn game of curling in his life. And he got there. We got him there. But I mean, I often wonder, if you're watching this sport for the first time what nope. <laughs> yeah
0: it's confusing <laughs> as hell what?
2: nope yeah yeah <laughs> what are these people doing? why why are you yelling why is them? the ice <laughs> so dirty
0: <laughs> yeah because i mean if you could come from you could you know be a caveman and brought in and see two people right. playing soccer and go okay Put ball there. I get that. Hockey. Put black thing there. Okay. Football. Maybe less so. Rugby. Sure. Get ball over line. Curling. (laughs) Gronk not know what doing.
1: Like this, and then you're sitting there like this, and you're watching. It's like that was a good shot, right? It's like no no that was was terrible It's like it's two inches too deep it's like what but they took the rocket yeah but if you put (laughs) but
2: then but they're gonna do this and then that's gonna happen and then they're gonna do this and the end is over
1: Mm -hmm. yeah Mm
0: -hmm. well there's it's 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 a sport with a a truckload of strategy um psychology it's it's chess it's darts it's um checkerboard it's it's a multitude of sports, and yeah. again, it's, these are professional athletes today. This is not like it was 40 years ago, cigarette hanging out of the mouth, beer in one hand. It's not like that. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they strict diet, strict workout routines, they don't joke around.
2: And, you know, the evolution of the game, you talk about the wrench. I mean, yep. there it's a fascinating tale when you look mm-hmm. at the progression and evolution of the game in this country. I don't think it's talked about enough because it was sort of in the late 80s where you saw this, um, this complete switch of, of mindset about what curling was going to be in Canada. Mm-hmm. That was the Olympic influence because yep. Warren Hansen was hellbent on making curling this very sort of elite professional game. And they needed to—they needed to get the games to the eighty-eight games in Calgary. They needed yep. to get curling in there as a demo sport. And so they, you know, how are we going to fill TV time Well, curling's this game that's going to fill three hours of, of <laughs> airspace, and it might be longer than that. I think we yep. should be playing eight ends, but let's not get into that debate. <laughs> um, but but this is how it evolved. And then before you knew it, there were sort of these. the 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 collateral damage that i believe the professionalization of curling has been pretty extreme at the grassroots level because we're seeing now in canada this this pie crust and and sugary filling separation of what it means to be a pro curler and really what's at the heartbeat of curling in this country and that's all the clubs that litter the land, the frozen tundra, where beautiful night-after-night night community plays out. And I'm concerned about it, guys. Sorry yep, yep. to take this serious, but I'm concerned about it because I'm looking at the future of of curling in Canada. Mm-hmm. We're not the powerhouses anymore. No, we're, no, we're not. not. And, and, you know, for years we told ourselves this myth that the world is catching up uh, No, the world has passed Canada. Mm -hmm. Look at the last quadrennial going back to Pyeongchang. We're not winning medals or gold medals for that matter anymore. And I think there's a direct reflection of how isolated uh, the young grassroots curlers in this country have been from the elite. We've forgotten about, you know, how we got here. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think the success and future of curling depends on looking critically and introspectively about how we're treating our next generation and grassroots curling. I'll get off my soapbox. But that, to me, is what's at stake.
0: I agree with well, you, though.
1: I agree with you because I've noticed two things from, from playing playing in my clubs because, I've, I mean, I've been playing curling I mean, I had a gap in between, like most people, you know, when you end up going to university and you can't afford it and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, I played, I started playing in the gate in the days of like no guard zone, right? <laughs> put a rock in, take it out, put a rock in, take it out. Hope someone flashes score your two. And then, yes, right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, But I, I've played from then. Right. 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 From that point on. And um, you know, I'm at, I'm at my club now and um, i think there's one team of women seniors that do anything playdowns wow that's it there's almost no bond spiels we have a lot of house spiels right but there's no really big bond spiels anymore it's uh, it's so hard be- because it's there's maybe what three or four teams in the world that live that can actually do curling full-time everybody has to have a side job Mm -hmm. that it's that level in between uh the people that are very good there are sponsorships and whatnot so they get to continue to be good but to get to that level in between i mean i've i've been curling i think now for about 16 years I don't know the first thing to do. I've been trying to compete to curl at a higher and competitive level. I can't get on a team. I can't find anyone. There's no networking. There's no, but there's just no way to do it. Uh, there's no way to find out if anybody wants to try to go to play downs. It, it, it's just not happening. I guess. And a lot of people are not going because, well, I mean, I mean, you're not going you to win. <laughs>
2: yeah. You don't stand a chance. And, and, and and that you're getting at the heart of the matter, Douglas. And that is that Two decades, three decades ago, there was the promise of surprise that all of these teams would show up at the provincial playdowns. And should you have a great week of curling yeah. in that one week in late January or early February, you were going to wear the purple heart and you were going to represent your province. And then you might go and have the best week of your life at the briar tankard and hoist that baby. The element of surprise is gone i can tell you what five to seven teams are going to advance to the championship round the element of surprise is gone and you're sure as hell ain't trying to get into your play downs and putting the fees forward because you don't stand a chance yeah Mm -hmm.
1: and the other thing i've noticed that's maybe you know different or we that we have to change is before we had so much depth that you know, we could afford to send a different team to the Worlds every year. That's But now it's like, you know, a dean. I mean, how many times has he been to the Worlds? I mean, whenever we have a new team that goes, this is their first time, their first experience. He's been there, what, 12, 13? I've got. Who knows yeah. how many times? He's got that down. When he gets there, he, he can give his best performance, all the stuff yeah. getting used to the media spotlight. We keep sending a new per, new team every year. The, the depth is not so not so much an advantage anymore.
2: No, no. And and the argument has always been if Kevin Martin, you know, was able to go to as many world championships as Nicodine has gone to, he how many would the bear have want, right? I mean right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, a dean has a record-setting five world titles, but you're right. When you get to go to the world stage and you know how it's going to go and the bright lights and the pressure and all of that, for these Canadian teams, we we have always thought that that sort of grinded-out style of the briar was sort of grinding down you into this, this diamond that was going to yeah. go for Canada, and I think it's actually having an adverse effect now. Yep. These teams are exhausted to the to, to the point of a dean. The Swedish Olympic curling teams were named uh, two weeks ago at the beginning of June. Yeah, they have months to yeah. kick back mm-hmm. to know they have that spot booked. Meanwhile, guess what? Canadian curling teams are literally going to draw blood in December in my hometown of Saskatoon. Yep. And the last team, battered, bruised, beaten down, is going to, a month later, in the hoopla of Christmas and excitement and Olympic, blah, 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 they're going to go and try and compete at the Olympics. Yeah. I think curling Canada's got to look at that time frame. Yeah that's, yeah, that's that's
0: too much pressure.
2: I mean, it, it,
1: <laughs> back in the day before we had the grand slams of curling and all that kind of stuff, you know, you yeah. can maybe do that. You know, this, but I mean, not, not with the schedule now.
0: Hello, kids. It's Mr. Grizzly, your friendly neighborhood grizzly bear, who's asking you how much you like this program. And I'm asking you if, well, you like this show, you like what you hear, and we're happy to do this for you, if you'd be willing to, you know, throw us a couple of bucks as a tip. And the reason we do this, the reason we ask this question is because there are some production costs involved, we're happy to give this to you but you know feel free to send us a couple of dollars over uh, coffee.com and now the website is ko-fi.com backslash eager beaver dollar two dollars fifty cents whatever whatever you can spare it helps us with our production costs mr beaver
1: that's right mr grizzly uh, if you go to our coffee page The recommended donation is $3, but it can really be anything you want, Um, less or more if you happen to like this show especially. Um, We reinvest uh, in the show. Uh, As you can tell, uh, the sound quality has improved since uh, episode one and uh you know we want to see where this show can go uh hopefully we can maybe get some correspondence uh one day um maybe film it uh, for youtube uh if uh, you guys have any suggestions of what you'd like to see the show become of course those are always welcome uh because you know we do this for you um so yeah uh Every little bit helps, and of course, if you can't afford anything and you just like the show, then please, you know, that's quite all right. Send us some comments. Let us know what you think of it. Uh, that means just as much to us, too. And don't forget
0: the website, www.ko-fi.com backslash Eager Beaver. Thanks, eh?
2: Oh, it's crazy. I mean, you know, I, I I was doing it. I was on the road for the slams and the and the Briar and the Scotties and this event and that event, and I was exhausted. And I, I mean, I was tweeting, so I was mm. putting in the same amount of, of effort as as <laughs> them playing. <laughs> but,
1: Sweep that screen. Sweep that screen. Yeah, but, but but being on the road, is,
0: <laughs> being on the road is still exhausting, though. I travel a fair bit for work, and. Yeah. You know, I, well, as Douglas can attest, I I'm in and out of Kingston all the time. I know that's not, but it's like, I'll drive down, I'll be in town for four hours, turn around, come right back to Ottawa. I'll have to go to Montreal. It's like always on the road. Uh, you, you, oh, that sounds so glamorous. No, it's not. You see hotel rooms and the workplace and that's
2: it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was glamour. And you know what? listen. I still love love being in the mm-hmm. rank. and in the midst of this pandemic, and in the wake of it, yeah. um, I have a completely new lease and perspective on what it means to be a sports reporter. That's privileged enough to attend these events, mm-hmm. and I've been reflecting a lot recently on what it is I do. What is the role of a sports reporter going to an event? Mm-hmm. Because I've been I've been sitting here covering all of this. <laughs> From my kitchen with my plants beside me thinking, wow, if I want dinner, I can take three steps and look into the fridge or I have everything I need around me. And so I've really been challenging myself to think, "Okay, why did we need to be at the events? Mm. And of course, I can make a pretty compelling argument because my livelihood depends on it (laughs) as a sports order to my bosses (laughs) to send me on the road again as I get ready to go to Tokyo for two months. But I think what we need to do is we need to get back to storytelling. Mm -hmm. We need to get back to what it means to be in the venue and to be the eyes for the audience who isn't there to see the things that happen in the crowd, to see the exchange at the back of the sheet of ice between two players that was off camera, that tells a story and provide analysis. We need to evolve in our storytelling to a place of just objectively regurgitating this, that, and then this happened to be a little more nuanced to say, I am the expert here. I've Mm -hmm. watched thousands of hours of curling and this is what I actually saw today. I think if we can get to that place and get into a little bit more nuanced, humanity-driven storytelling, I think in the wake of this pandemic, we're gonna serve the audience a lot better. I've seen it. Because that's what I hear from the audience. That's my aim in everything that I cover. And I think it resonates with people. I really do. Nobody will ever know what it's like to be an Olympic curler, to be a professional athlete, but they do know what it's like to experience heartbreak, mm-hmm. triumph, yes. and every emotion in between. That's what I aim to bring in every sport I cover.
0: Well, it's, it's something we can all relate to, right? Right. We can right. all relate to that, no matter what your walk of life is, no matter your age, your background, your your cultural upbringing. We can all relate to triumph, tragedy, and
2: heartbreak. That's it. That's it. Right, and, and, and we can all relate to play. Oh yes,
1: yes. Right, like this. We've all like this. Whether it's like a really, really, really close game of Monopoly, or right, like this, or being in it like this mm-hmm. and like feeling your heart go and yep. you know we can all like this and the, and the oh so close and right the, and, and oh my god i can't believe i do, I I did that
2: right yeah we all and, know and that and haven't we been missing that yes. yeah god, right haven't missing we been missing so much that.
1: see because see when you talk about the journalism and i'm, I'm glad you mentioned it like this because it segues to somewhere i wanted to go naturally yeah, is cool. that is the, the the thing with um sports journalism and i'm going to do a little aside here because in one way i'm a little envious of you because in one way you know the movie sliding doors you don't i'm know that?
2: so bad with movies okay it's it, people who know me know how horribly <laughs> ill-equipped i am with pop culture references i know sports i don't know movies but continue okay.
1: <laughs> basically look at it's the poem you know two roads and i took one okay. path the other one okay it is. The road. Less when traveled. I applied out of high school, like this for university, like this, I applied to three programs. I applied to arts and science at McMaster. Yeah. I applied to Slavic studies at University of Ottawa. Yes, wow. I know, really weird. <laughs> and I applied to journalism at Carleton. Wow. I got accepted at all three, but McMaster gave me a full scholarship. And arts and science sounded like so like wild and unique They only accepted 50 students i actually got a full scholarship wow. there's a little bit of biology a little bit of literature a little bit of all that kind of stuff you know it seemed prestigious so i went i lasted one month i came home i did not like it. i did not mm. like it the following year i applied to carlton again i guess you can only turn them down once because they said no <laughs> wow like this it it Didn't break my heart so badly because I actually got into dance school (laughs) because I was a (laughs) dance student and I didn't know you could go to university and dance. But that year I busted my leg. (laughs) My dance career was over. (laughs) So I started university a third time. I ended up graduating in communications like this. I ended up doing PR and media relations, which is something I know that you have done this yes,
2: I and, have. <laughs> and, and
1: <ran> away from <laughs> and the reason I wanted to be I wanted to be a journalist is because I wanted to be a sports reporter because yeah. when the Olympics happened in Montreal in 76 Very I was three nice. I mm-hmm. didn't get it and then we had the boycott of 80 like this yeah. so 84 I'm 11 and I'm seeing what is this thing hmm. this Olympics thing hmm. and I was glued 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 to the television and i happened to pick a good year because well you know since the soviet block didn't show up we won a lot of medals and so it's clear. like they they played our song a lot that
2: year <laughs>
1: <laughs> so i maybe slid in got a little skewed impression of how good we were Love it. Love <laughs> but it's but i was hooked right then we had seoul 1988 like this and the, the olympics johnson and then what scandal. happened with ben johnson and my yeah. heart broke yes yeah. Yeah. because it was like one like i had bought the shirt that they sold at the bay like this like with the long puffy when everything was oversized and had the big decal and everything oh, no. and i was wearing it and i was watching and then like my heart broke and donovan bailey put it back together and Bruni surin and yep. the, the, oh the, and the if relay you're team Canadian,
2: and, you love saturday nights in georgia yes
1: oh, you do oh just, just, i was just, fortunate
0: just. enough to to uh, meet donovan about a month later uh, Donovan Bailey and and the four by one hundred meter meter relay team, Glenroy Gilbert, who was from Ottawa. Yes, my buddies grew up with Glenroy. I'd met Glenroy Glenn a bunch of times. So uh, one of the local nightclubs that I was I used to DJ at frequently uh, had them in as guests. So they walked in and I'm like, Donovan Bailey, Glenroy, hey Glen, how you doing? Good to see you, Donovan. Kick that American arrogant uh, arrogant American's ass in Toronto, and he did, of course, at the Sky Dome when Michael Jordan Michael Johnson, sorry, pulled up lame right in the one hundred and fifty right, meter.
2: Right, right. Yeah. Yes, yes, out yes. Out I remember the that showdown at the dome, and yep. it did not live up to the hype. I mean, it no. turned mm. out the way we all wanted it to. But yes, yeah,
0: yeah. Because he yeah, he, yeah. he pulled his hamstring halfway down the track, I think, and and of course Donovan being jacked up at the time was like ah, it's because he's lame it's because he sucks i'm like oh dude oh shit. no 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 <laughs> he did come back later and say you know what I, I that was a mistake i shouldn't have done that but i you know in heat of the moment right um the world's fastest man was always the man who won the 100 meter gold in the olympics Totally. Yeah. and he did and he did it in world record time but then michael johnson does the 200 in world record time and they sudden you know our our, our friends to the south can't accept being second in anything so suddenly he's the fastest man it's like whoa hang on a second here so yeah i I had a chance to meet and hang out with them and it was pretty cool it was pretty cool
2: you know as as i hear you guys share these stories and and they're probably as vivid and alive in your mind right now as we talk about it as they were the moment you saw it and to me that's another thing that has become crystallized in my reporting and how I tell stories is we will remember the gold medal, mm-hmm. but there's probably a singular moment in that movie imagination that you replay that that flickers in your mind that encapsulates that entire moment and that entire memory for you.
1: Yep.
2: And so what I try and do is I try and nail at the heart that moment that we are going to remember the bigger moment for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. yeah. And and I'll, and I'll never forget being in Pyeongchang and, and it was my first Olympics and being awestruck by the grandeur that was the Five Ring Circus and trying to figure out what it is about the Olympics that's so special. Like really, what is it? Mm-hmm. What is the tangible wrap your hands around, arms around thing? And then I saw all these gold medal moments, and I had to put words to these gold medal moments. And it became apparent to me that this is, to me, the, the glory and the grace of the Olympics is that on that singular moment, on that day, in this person's expansive, large life, they were the best they could ever be. Mm-hmm. And to me, it that makes me emotional. Oh, yeah. yeah. That Absolutely. makes me so emotional. Yeah. And I'll never forget Ted Jan Bloman, the, yes. the Dutch speed skater mm-hmm. from Canada or yes. from, from the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Who immigrated.
2: Gets turned down by the Orange Crush, wanted yeah. to be a speed skating hero in a country that idolizes their speed skaters like curlers and hockey players mm-hmm. in Canada, leaves, and then beats his rival Sven. Kramer yes in and team. he's
1: a legend
2: he's a legend looks like Sidney Crosby <laughs> yes uh, he's a legend and and I'm I'm watching this in front of me and I'm interviewing Ted and and I'll never forget it he goes to jump up on top of the podium and he can <laughs> barely make it yeah he can, he's so exhausted that thousand meters <laughs> yeah yeah so overwhelmed and so exhausted and his body shutting down and i just thought if that doesn't typify the moment Mm -hmm. of everything this guy had to now ascend to the top of the podium he so desperately wanted to step upon and could barely make it up it that is a journey of olympic greatness oh yeah and and so to me um i just love hearing how people got hooked on sport because there's magic there is magic in that and we carry it throughout the rest of our lives and it's that little flicker and you're hooked oh yeah
1: hello mr grizzly hey how you doing I am doing very well. My name is Kranz. Do you like a good night out at the theater? Well,
0: indeedy, who doesn't? Come on, good Mm. night out at the theater is always a good time.
1: Then you may quite enjoy Studio 13's newest production, Kranz and Bernardo, a new work by emerging Canadian playwright Tyler Matthews. Kranz and Bernardo are trapped inside a cardboard box. Their task? To solve the mysterious algorithm scrawled on the walls around them. As time runs out, they cling to, care for and abuse the only hope they have left, each other. Starring Douglas Connors, Jordan Prentis, and Nathan Yee, Kranz and Bernardo explores the absurdity of life, death and violence in the vein of Beckett and Pinter. Kranz and Bernardo is being presented as part of Kingston's Storefront Fringe Festival and can be seen live from August 5th through 7th at the Baby Grand Theatre. And if you prefer to enjoy theatre at home, you can take us home with you via streaming from August 2nd to 15th. For tickets and more information, visit theaterkingston.com backslash fringe hyphen 2021. Well, that sounds like
0: an absolutely smashing idea. Perhaps I'll invite uh, my compatriots, uh, Sir Red and Sir Blacks. So they like to go to the theater, you know. They are two uh, sophisticated gentlemen sirs
1: who very
0: much would attend an evening of theater.
1: Well, then we will try to provide them a night of entertainment. Magnificent, <laughs> sir. Magnificent. <laughs> See you there. Yes, sir. For the Olympics. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, you're, had I gone to Carlton like this, (laughs) I would have probably been you like 15 years before you were you. (laughs) Like like this, this like happy, bouncy, (laughs) you know, gay boy, you know, just like going around like this, you know, like this, and just like being happy to be invited to the party. And Mm -hmm. that's it. Because like you say, right, the, the, the converse thing of that, the Olympics, like in that in that moment, right? Like you can be what you can be. It's the, also the, you know, it's like some sports, right? It's 13 seconds, right? Like mm-hmm. the, you, and that's it, right? Like this. so it's like four years, like, totally. de right? Because, Like f- four years, world champion, you know, 110 meters, 13 yep. seconds that's yep. like yep. this. it
2: all flashes in front of you Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah
1: like this this to me like the olympics like this is like the ultimate and it it was reality tv before there's reality tv oh it is i guess and
2: this is real like there is is no script right sport sport is still the best reality tv show you will ever get agreed
1: so when you geek out the thing about you when you get to the journalism and what you're talking about and the way and the way that you do it is that like there is never a oh well you know like we work really hard and like don't get out of the corners and we gave it our 150 oh. yeah. percent right like this it's like when you geek out on a sport like this and we're seeing this right now in tennis Mm. Right in tennis like this where there's a lot of people that don't want to stay for the interviews because they're bringing in people from media and some media that are not necessarily tennis mm-hmm. and they're asking them like really stupid questions like this whereas you know if you sit in there like this you know any tennis player is going to be really like happy to say you know like this you know like this when, it, when you were down you know 3-1 you know 4 you know love 40 yeah. and, like the snapshot was going there and you came with that really sweet slice this you know what happened then you know like this everybody's happy to talk about that everybody's happy to talk about that shot in the seventh end like this like this you know it's like you know nobody wants to talk about you know their outfit or you know the the, who was that idiot
0: reporter a couple of years ago for was it sport i'll say sports illustrated i don't want to besmirch them there was a reporter who asked eugenie bouchard to do a twirl yeah. I was like, what the hell is wrong with you, dude? Like, yeah. seriously. Like, Look, uh, time and a place, neither the time nor the place. She is a professional athlete at work. She's at work. You don't say that to somebody in their workplace to begin with. That is mm. sexual harassment, and it's not cool. I mean, she's a, she was a champion tennis player. Okay, we all know she's a very attractive woman. That That's not about... That's not in question, but the fact that somebody would just sort of uh, for her, me. become her, make her an object like that, I was so angry. I wanted to reach to the TV and punch that guy in the face. And I'm and, sincere and, and, when I
2: say that. And yet, Paul, there are a lot of people that saw nothing wrong with it.
0: I know that that's disturbing. And
2: so and so, and so this gets to. Um, a little bit of my journey as being a sports reporter who grew up in saskatoon who came out publicly as a gay sports editor at the mm-hmm. university of saskatchewan newspaper mm-hmm. and i now reflect that was 16 years ago i wrote that article and came out publicly uh what i think is at the core of this and you talk you know douglas you talk and, and paul you both talk about bad questions mm-hmm. I think my being gay is the biggest blessing I could have ever had in my career.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because, Mm -hmm. because what it did is it challenged my own privilege and my own existence within the space of sport. And we still live in this space of, of, hyper masculinity i would argue toxic masculinity mm-hmm. where a lot of sports journalists don't have the perspective that i have when i go and i cover sport mm-hmm. and for the longest time i would go into these scrums i'd go cover great cups stanley cup playoffs nba championship the biggest of the biggest and i would go in there i would think about what i was wearing i would shrink in those rooms around the old guard And then I would stand there and I would listen to these obnoxious questions they were asking. Mm -hmm. And then I would ask a question that was thoughtful Mm -hmm. and empathic and laced with compassion. And then I'd go and read their stories and I'd look at the quotes they'd use from the scrum.
0: And they were all yours.
2: Well, Whose quotes did (laughs) they use? Yeah, of course. Because people want quality. People want quality, but more than anything, people want authenticity Authenticity. and they want to feel like they're connected and that they're being heard. What what Naomi Osaka is getting at. Thank you.
1: I was just about to go there.
2: What I truly believe she's getting at is that she is sitting on behind that microphone and she doesn't seem feel or felt or heard. Mm -hmm. To me, everything that I do when I approach whether it be a one-on-one conversation or in a scrum, which I t- treat like a one-on-one, I'm not there with an ego to show all the other reporters how much I know. That's a, that's another problem. But what we're actually getting at here is athletes wanting to be seen, all of them. They sit up there behind a microphone and they're, you know, maybe just coming off the court after a huge win or a heartbreaking loss And they just want to be treated like a human in that moment. I think if we can elevate the conversation to that, and it's a dance, right? Mm -hmm. It is a dance and a give and take between the reporter and the athlete. And I think when we think about sort of communication models and how it's been for such a long time, it's always been receiver, sender, one-way communication. That's not how it is anymore. It is a give and take. We need to be sharing. We need to be uh, trying to connect to the energetic level of the athlete. And I think if we can do that, we're going to serve our audience a lot better. And I I really believe that's what Osaka was trying to do. It's unfortunate, you guys, that she actually had to pull out and sort of had to scream Mm -hmm. for help. She had to very overtly say, guys, I, I suffer from depression. She tried to do it in a subtle way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody heard that.
1: Yeah.
2: Then she had to say, I'm removing myself. I suffer from depression. I mean, if you go back and if you watch those those interviews and, and her body language and her it's facial obvious. expressions yep. after that debacle in 2018 between yep. Serena and Naomi at the US yep. Open, she actually talks about that, that mm-hmm. that was really the moment where everything changed for her. We yeah. sometimes forget that these superhuman athletes are just like you and I. And she and was a can teenager. That. She was a teenager. Yeah, I mean, yeah. who could have been prepared to take on the Goliath in the sport in the Coliseum, that yeah. is Arthur Ashe Stadium, the largest right. tennis stadium in the world, and with all of that in, drama?
1: And everyone in the crowd, too.
2: Mm. It was, it was crazy. They booed her. They booed her.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, anybody,
2: anybody would have wilted under that. And I think that sort of set the tone and, and the other thing of it, and I know we see this a lot. There are a lot of examples of this in women's tennis, that these young women ascend to greatness so quickly beyond mm-hmm. rescue Jeannie Bouchard. Yep. And all yep. of a sudden they go from being able to walk down the street one day to not being able to go anywhere the next day. And I think as a society, as reporters, as coaches, as counselors, therapists, this is a community effort to understand that they are people. They are humans. Let's remember that when we're asking them tough questions.
1: Yeah. And the federation botched this one i mean mean, they just totally bullied her i mean i thought that she what she did was elegant right because Mm -hmm. she could have made a fake scene she says i don't want to be destruction i'm removing myself but like it's like the media person relations person in me is like oh yeah watch your meal ticket walk Mm -hmm. is what i'm hearing right Right. (laughs) it's like he's like you want to bully me like this I, i think the federation forgot that the product is the tennis Mm-hmm. right you have the athletes yes you want the relatable stories whatnot like this but the product is the game you want the good game and if you want the good game you do what you can to keep your pay your players in peak performance position in pre-performance p- position which means if they need some mental health time you give them some mental health time because that's going to make the game better and well, that's your product
2: i mean i think what i completely agree is what i'll say first off but i think you can actually trace what happened with Naomi and sort of the power she felt she had in that situation. And I think they're probably for those days between the first statement she sent out and then the one where she said, I'm, I'm stepping away. She might've felt a little powerless, but I think in the wake of of George Floyd being murdered Mm -hmm. and that, that unparalleled athlete activism we saw by the WNBA and the NBA and the walkout. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think finally athletes, in their very privileged and powerful position, understood their important role in holding power structures to account. Mm -hmm. I don't think Naomi Osaka does what she does if the athletes weren't as outspoken as they were almost a year ago Mm -hmm. in the wake of George Floyd. And I think it's a beautiful thing to see. And as we look forward to Tokyo, one of the things I'm going to be very focused on is these are sort of the human rights games yes. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You might you might you both of you might be familiar with rule 50 and whether or not athletes and and Tommy Smith, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um and whether or not athletes can protest in the field of play. Yeah. Well, the IOC, much like the tennis federations have Drop taken a ball. pretty hard stance on this, mm. right Paul? I mean, core. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think I think what's going to happen here is we're going to see athletes in their moment take that moment. Mm -hmm. And um, it was interesting to see how the Canadian athletes polled on this actual issue. Many of them saying in a lot of the polls we've now been seeing that they didn't think that the podium or these celebrations were the right place to take a stand. Um, I was surprised by that, I got to admit. I'm I a little was surprised, very surprised by that too. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw those numbers, but I, um no, but that's, we, that's a we shock. got a yeah, we got a pretty incredible detailed breakdown on very specific questions. Um and you know, the IOC talked about all of these different nations and all of these different athletes that they <laughs> polled. Well, guess what the largest percentage of athletes from what countries they polled were? Russia mm-hmm. and China. Mm-hmm. Okay. We know what it's like in those countries when it comes to speaking out against regimes or uh, people of authority. Yes, I think to me that told a story about how maybe um, them basing their decisions Mm -hmm. were were a little tipped in favor of how they would like to see those numbers play out. Mm. That's all I'm gonna say on that. I'll get in trouble if I say any more. (laughs) All I'm gonna say, (laughs) all I'm gonna say is when I'm in Tokyo, you better believe we're going to see protests. And it'll be very interesting to see, A, what the National Olympic Committee does. Mm-hmm. You'll mm-hmm. remember, you know, when um, T- Tommy Smith and John Carlos, when they did that in 68 in Mexico, yeah. Yeah. they were vilified by mm-hmm. the we're- USOC.
0: Oh, yes, yep. absolutely. Right? It they, Their lives were destroyed. They came home yeah. to like having fecal matter thrown at them. I mean, they didn't get a ticker tape parade. They were like a lot of uh, Vietnam vets that returned. They were not rewarded for their efforts. They were pilloried
2: for it. And now they're heralded as as heroes, heroes.
0: absolute heroes.
2: So, so here, one last thought on this, because I've been talking a lot about it. I think it's important is it's easy to be brave Mm -hmm. and bold and do the right thing when it's not right now, when when you have the perspective of history to say, oh, maybe we got that one wrong. Mm-hmm. But what does a National Olympic Committee do, organizations do, sponsors do, and the IOC do when it matters in the present? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to be paying attention to. Easy to be bold when decades have passed. Of course. You're going to be measured in this moment, right now, when the tide is turning, when the social movement is tipping and athletes are taking back the power.
0: Well, mm-hmm. it, it makes me beg the question of how many corporations are going to um, do the right thing or the wrong thing. And, and the right thing is, is, is up to, I'm, I'm not going to decide what's right and wrong on this. And I, the reason I'm going there is because it's June and what's June? right
1: no. <laughs> right and in the
0: month of june every second commercial from every single single solitary advertiser is doing the same thing waving the rainbow flag trying to show how progressive and how advanced they are when uh, isn't it just about selling stuff i mean I, i'm sure there's some companies that really do have um thought processes in mind that want to do the right thing but so much of it just seems to be about rainbow washing like green washing and i'm wondering how many companies are going to do the same thing in the olympics supporting possibly a a, a black glove fist or a taking a knee or you know will companies get behind that or will they walk away from that and that's what i'm i'm it remains to be seen right
2: well wow. Let's be very clear about this, Paul. Naomi Osaka is a sponsor's dream. Yes, she is. You better believe Nike is coming up with that marketing campaign in the background right now. Absolutely. And they will have fresh content, probably with some theatrical music, pull at the heartstrings, Mm -hmm. cinematography. And when she rolls back to Japan, her home country, to go play at the Olympics... It is going to be extraordinary, and they are going to leverage her. So let's not get it wrong.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I this see it is now I, right. what's on
1: the court and in life? Well, yes. that's it. Or something like that, right?
2: That's it. And yeah. and you know, I gotta admit, when she first sent out that first press release, and and sorry, Paul, I'll get no, back okay. to the okay. okay. point. Okay. But I, I I just when she sent out that, and it's going to tie into the to the sponsors. As a sports reporter, I have to talk to the athletes. Mm. That That's part of my job. Mm-hmm. And Billie Jean King, obviously, who's perhaps arguably the best, the most important activist ever yes. in sports, yes.
1: Yes.
2: took to Twitter because people were putting a lot of pressure on her to say, you've got to take a stance on this, Billie Jean. And she tweeted a day before Naomi stepped away that, that players have an obligation... To speak to the media, because mm-hmm. it is the media and the sponsors who have allowed them profile mm-hmm. and money and all of these things, platform, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's a slippery slope, right? Mm-hmm. These sponsors have elevated and paid mm-hmm. and, and, you know, we're pushing for gender equity in sport. If you can see it, you can achieve it. We're seeing women in sport at CBC Sports. One of our four pillars Mm -hmm. is 50-50 men's sport, women's sport across all of our platforms. And we are continually hitting those those, uh, targets. But for sponsors, just like the media, you got to remember these are people. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're selling a product. Mm -hmm. You're selling a person. You're selling an idea but are you going to continue to do the right thing when the bright lights of the Olympics or when pride or whatever event it is are off? That's where you're going to be measured. Well,
0: it's, it's what you do when nobody's watching, right?
2: That's it. That's it.
0: Yeah. You know, um, I just, well, I mean, when she, when she, when she did what she did and as uh, Douglas can tell you uh i I've, I've been battling depression and anxiety for 41 years mm. so when she did what she did i was like yes right yes that is the right thing and by doing that it's going to help so many people
2: totally because well, there was a you know that's
0: like right yeah it's a huge stance to take it's yeah, very but, brave but at the same token somebody somewhere is going to go Oh my god i feel seen
1: Mm. well the thing is there it is but the thing is right is like they it's like like they came up and they said like we might ban you from all of them and then sort of like okay you know like what you say is true right you have your sponsors they help you to be there and all that kind of stuff but does that necessarily obligate you to have that particular media conference in the room no Every single match, can you skip a few? I mean, she wasn't not going to do the interview on the side of the court, right? So, I mean, th- there was going mean, and, and and I mean, like, how many Grand Slams has she won already? And she's like the most like. There's certainly enough clips and images of her right elsewhere in stock footage that you can use, like that. You can do a report about like you don't you don't need one every day, right? Right. It, it just seems so that uh, clearly there's some balance that there's some room for some balance there. And then when they say, you know, like there was a system, if you don't do it, there's a fine. Okay. Right. I'll work within the system. Mm-hmm. I will pay the fine. And now, Oh no, now we're going to make new rules. Yeah. <laughs> Especially you right for you. It. We are going to make, we are going to single you out for special treatment. And that's where it's, that's where it's like, like, like the PR guy in me was like, eh, wrong answer. Well, yeah. right? let's they take- just bought they, bought, they just bought themselves million dollars of PR damage.
0: Let's, like, let's and take an example. That,
1: and then there's the backtrack. Like, oh, no, no, sorry, Naomi. Well, you didn't mean that that way.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: so they backtrack that fast, right?
0: Would they have pulled that stunt on me? Cis, hat, six foot tall, 175 pound white Canadian male. If I had right. have said, I got to step away because they, oh, we feel, you know, Paul needs some. You know, if, they wouldn't have pulled that crap on a white male. They if it was not a party? they wouldn't yeah they wouldn't have done it to a guy to begin with to a white guy it never would have happened they would not have rained down hellfire upon a white male it wouldn't have happened and and i i've had this debate with friends and they go oh no you don't know that and i go you look at history you look at history look at what uh, serena has gone through yeah i mean she has a bad day on the court and they just destroy her i'm like she is the greatest female tennis athlete of all time, number one, and one of the greatest tennis players in history, period, Barnon.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Male well, or let, me, let me tell you, I'm so pleased that this is a direction this podcast took um, because I think we're getting at some difficult conversations, uh, ones we don't talk about enough. And you, both of you are absolutely spot on when it comes to the system because who created the system who's upholding the system and to your point of a white male coming forward i had conversations with some real thought leaders on this feminist leaders on this and they said if there's this was a white nhl player in canada who said i'm not doing media interviews because of my mental health they would have been held up and mm-hmm. praised but yeah. not absolutely She's going to sit there and she is going to answer our questions because she owes us an answer. That's what was happening.
0: That's exactly Um, what it is. That's exactly what it what 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 is it that props us all up? White supremacy. Nobody wants to say it, but that's what it is. And look, the three of us, we whether we want to admit to it or, or, or accept it, we do benefit from it. I don't like that, but it's a fact. I benefit from being male, being white, being straight, being like I benefit from all of these things, right? I check off all the boxes of, oh, there's the target audience, but I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the injustice. I have two younger sisters who are absolute captains of the respective industries, and they have had to go through so much crap to uh, ascend to their level that I, I wouldn't have been able to handle it. Mm-hmm. I would not have been able to handle it. And they've done it while well, uh, putting up with sexism and misogyny in the workplace and still did it with a smile, whereas mm-hmm. any male would crack under that pressure, mm-hmm. and we all know it.
2: So much work to do still, really. So Sorry, I fun. went
0: on a tangent there. I apologize. I, <laughs>
2: no, I get, I get I mean, wound listen, up. Like I said, we're getting into it, and I think... I think, you know, you mentioned your sisters, you mentioned Serena. We're talking about Naomi. I think there's a reckoning within sport that we are only on the precipice of. And this is, you know the tip of the iceberg, Mm -hmm. and and it's not going to change without those in power kicking and screaming. I can can talk about investigations I've done at CBC over the last few years that looked into sexual abuse in amateur sport in this country Mm -hmm. for the first time, uh, that looked at uh, a lack of BIPOC representation in all levels of sport in this country. And what I'll say is there's a common thread in a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And so um, there is a dismantling that's happening. It makes people uncomfortable, but I truly believe that it is in those uncomfortable situations and an interrogation of self that we're able to push through this. And I think it's going to create a much healthier athletic domain for all levels of sport. I'm doing my part as a, One of few national gay openly out sports Mm -hmm. reporter. Uh, You know, that isn't easy. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, there are a lot of my peers and colleagues out there that don't want me in their space. Mm -hmm. I feel it. I feel it. It's not as overt now, Um, but it's still there.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm hmm.
2: It's changing, I'm, thankfully. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Good, I'm not going good. Anywhere. Don't go anywhere because we love yeah. having no, you. No, man. no,
1: no, 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 Quality people stay. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um,
2: so, but, I, I, but
1: I, I'm glad you brought there, you brought it there because uh, I, I know that we, we, we have a bit of a time crutch because you have some, uh, you have a broadcast to do, uh, but you brought it somewhere and it was something I, wa- I wanted to talk to you about um, because you are a journalist and you are um uh like you said often in the toxic male environments because you weren't always doing olympics right like you were like in in the rooms like with like football and like high Absolutely. testosterone at some point yes. and, and like right now you know like you have you know you found your voice and everything and like and people you know, love you or don't like this but you know there's no reason not to love you yeah. you, you know you do great stuff so yeah. uh so you know some people have bad taste. What can I say? Uh, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> Do I lie? Uh, no. so, but it's um I'm sure you didn't start out with this voice. No. No. Right? So how 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 like what, what were your like your first times on camera like and how did you get to where you are?
2: Really, really intuitive question. Douglas, um, probably the most important question out of this whole thing. And and thank you for this, this opportunity. Um, I can remember hating the way I looked and sounded on TV. I hated everything about how gay I looked and how gay I sounded and how much I was going to be judged for that. Um, And I remember... (laughs) This is so stupid and sad in this moment. It almost makes me want to cry in this moment because I can remember one of the first television stories I ever did for CBC in my career, 19 years old. I had this platinum blonde hair um, and I was leading our coverage of these homes along the South Saskatchewan River in Saskatoon slumping down the riverbank, And I was doing stand up uh, on cameras And then this was the first time we were starting to put video clips online on CBC. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I made the fatal, fatal error of reading the comments.
0: Oh, don't ever do that.
2: (laughs) It was the best thing to learn, you know, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. But they were laced with a lot of homophobic comments. Of
0: course, yeah, Mm. yeah, yeah.
2: And I can remember how devastating it was. It was a Friday. And I remember that entire weekend, I was devastated. And I phoned my managing editor at the time. And I said, I don't know if I can be a reporter. I don't know if I am. I don't know if I am cut out to do this. And then 22 years old, I moved to Calgary. i the lead breaking news reporter there. Mm-hmm. Kathleen Petty you know, wonderful voice, was a host of uh, CBC Radio, The House, just a powerhouse in the industry. She takes over the CBC Calgary newsroom. I thought I was this hotshot dude that had it all figured out. She pulls me into her office. She says, what's the shtick you do with your hands and your voice? She said, here's some real talk. I think you've created a persona to distance yourself from the audience so that if they don't like you, it's actually not Devin Haru they don't like, it's this persona you've mm. created. She said, you know what? You're pretty good at this. And you're even better when you're authentic. And literally, you guys, since that moment, my career has hit different levels. I've been able to connect with the audience in a different way. And it really it really became crystallized in Pyeongchang where I decided that I'm going to tweet with joy I'm going to report with passion and I'm going to be the most authentic storyteller and communicator I've been. This hasn't been easy. You know, they tell us in broadcast, Mm. stand there, do this, do that. I think authentically communicating in front of a microphone and camera is the, one of the hardest things you can do. And yet here's the catch. You have to make it look super seamless and easy. Yeah. Yeah. Those two things are so polar opposite. It's like, chill out, but be authentic, but be (laughs) Uh, the, And all these things are happening at once. And I'm going, I just want to be me. Yeah. Yeah. And now I am. And I,
0: and I, and I. It comes through. It comes through, dude. It totally uh, comes through.
2: I hope. I hope. It's the the big
0: coffee tweets that I love. (laughs) <laughs> the bowls of coffee sorry sorry didn't mean to cut you off there but it's the giant bowls of coffee I'm yeah, like, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah.
2: and that's real that's real
1: well because i always say that people are most attractive in the magnetic sense mm. in terms of like this when they're doing something at which they're good Because mm. like guess and you're just watching them go like this and it's like dude I love to watch you go. Thank you.
0: <laughs> well, the passion comes it's through. Incredible. So
1: it's there. It's like mm-hmm. if you can't pick
0: up on it, you need to go see a doctor and probably get some medication and therapy because there's something fundamentally emotionally wrong. And I this is somebody who has a lot of mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Anxiety and depression and it it kept me from being who I am for a very long time. I mm-hmm. I pushed through through a lot of, you know, Uh, a self-therapy exercise and and doing things. And eventually I just couldn't do it anymore. So now I can see in somebody who doesn't recognize the authenticity that you display Mm. every time you file a report or or, or do a tweet or talk about curling, whatever the case may be, if somebody Mm. doesn't get the enthusiasm from you that you are pushing towards us, Mm. they need to seek help.
2: Mm. Interesting. (laughs) To, To that point, you know how passionate I am about coverage, and I have to get into more coverage. But let me leave you with this, okay? As a tee up to me running around Tokyo to every venue possible for two months. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so jealous, yeah. I know. <laughs> no should. envious, sorry. Yes. Envious, envious.
2: <laughs> envious. <laughs>
1: I want you to have it. Yes.
2: Canadian women. This is a nice way to end yes. all of what we've been talking about. Canadian women are going to kick ass yes, they at are. the they Olympics are. and the Paralympics. And despite the fact that if the men's basketball team qualifies, you're going to get a lot of the headlines mm. and uh, people are going to get excited about some of the men's sport. But if I have anything to say about it, and my first assignment is July 21st in Fukushima when the Canadian women's softball team take on Mexico Mm -hmm. in what is going to be a pretty incredible venue in Fukushima with all of the history there and everything that went on there. This is where my focus is going to be to elevate our female athletes who will undoubtedly capture and play this tape back after the games undoubtedly capture the majority of medals for Canada. Agreed. We're going to be so proud as a nation that it is our women leading the way in athletics from Christine Sinclair to Penny Alexiak to Bianca Andrescu to yep. Brooke Henderson. Yep. I can keep going. If you want Sarah, Melissa, beach volleyball, Erica Weeb wrestling and on and on. Yep. These women will inspire. I'm going to leave it there. I so appreciate both of you, what you're doing. This is about community building. You yes. guys are playing that role. I'm grateful for both of you. Thank
0: you for Thank your you time, so sir. We really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Take you care. are welcome back anytime. Um, I wanted to get more into like the Olympics and their athletes and all that kind of stuff before. So I don't know if you ever have a moment before or after. I know it's not going to happen during because uh, you're going to be, be way busy. too busy. Yeah. But at some point, i just want to geek out olympics so would you come back for that
2: well i told you guys it's never about ego but i will come back and tell you how right i was about women kicking ass oh yeah please do please (laughs) are here for it
0: absolutely Go
1: goddesses (laughs) (laughs) thanks steven
0: we'll see you
2: soon appreciate both of you thank you
0: you too brother take care
2: bye bye
1: the true north eager beaver podcast is an eager beaver mr grizzly collaboration Research, story, and guest curation and copywritten by The Eager Beaver. Recording, production, editing, and additional research by Mr. Grizzly. Music courtesy of Ben Sound Royalty Free Music. Once again, thank you to our founding sponsors, The Peppermaster, The Miss Fee Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, and CanadianTarot.com. And thank you to Pete Jarvis for our kick-ass artwork. We just love it. Until next time, kids. Bye.
0: Well, hello, friends. It's your good buddy, Mr. Grizzly. And, uh, and Mr. Beaver. Mr. Beaver's joining me. And, uh, well, today, we're hoping you can give us a hand, a hand up or a handout, or a help up. I don't know. You pick the verbiage that best suits your ideal. Here's the thing. We incur a lot of costs while we're doing this. Uh, I've invested a few thousand dollars on new equipment. And, to be honest with you, I have no problem with it, but... It'd be nice if we could recoup a little bit of that because, you know, I'm not wealthy. (laughs) Far from it. So if you guys and gals and they and them like what we're doing and you want to help us out, it'd be awesome if you could go to our coffee page, toss us a couple of bucks, Mr. Beaver
1: yeah um we love doing this clearly we have a good time doing it and yeah. uh, as the show is getting bigger and we're getting more feedback and participation uh, from you kids uh it makes our day and it gives us a uh, motivation uh to work harder and uh come up with uh great interview guests we definitely have some lined up oh yeah uh normally we keep up a surprise, but should we just give some teasers give them the teasers brother Yeah. We've been talking to Cindy Blackstock. We're trying to set a date, trying to set a date with uh, Francis Horodelsky, who used to be the chief anchor at uh, the Business News Network. So we can have some uh, talk about economics, though we're waiting to hear from him as well. Uh, We have uh, Murray Billet, who uh, was a big activist in terms of gay rights and uh, bringing about the recognition of uh, gays and lesbians in the charter uh, way back in the day. So uh, we have some uh, interesting guests lined up for you. We really would like to hear from you, we really would, we really could use a couple of bucks from you.
0: I, whatever you can spare, I'm not asking for anything big. If you can help us out, that's wonderful, and we appreciate it. And we really appreciate the fact that you listen in and provide commentary.
1: Thanks. Hey, kids! If you like your food like you like your eager Beaver News, spicy and bringing on the heat, then let us introduce you to the Pepper Master. Based in Rigo, Quebec, Peppermaster Greg Brooks sources local ingredients, grows and roasts 100% of his own peppers to make at least 130 different varieties of single pepper mashes, all purpose pepper sauces, cooking and grilling sauces, condiments and hot sweets, infusions and rubs. From mild to medium to hot to very hot to crazy hot to are you freaking kidding me? I'll be breathing dragon fire. Each bottle is carefully crafted to bring just the right amount of heat to your feast. All of the Pepper Master sauces are gluten-free, peanut-free, slow fraire trade, made with organic vinegars and sugars, are reduced in sea salt, have no capsaicin extract, preservatives, colors, added flavors, or GMOs. All products are latex-free and feature green printing. Try their best-selling jerk curry or sticky ginger garlic grilling sauce their spiced umami three-pack featuring barbecue sauce a maple umami and bacon reaper madness or if if variety is the spice of life pick up a jewels of fire and ice sampler of 16 sauces one for every heat tolerance And because only a true pepper master can take the heat away, don't forget to try the original pepper antidote, an amazing pure concoction of heavy cream and dark maple syrup that works as a salve, a heat reducer on your tongue, or doubles as a yummy treat. Mr. Grizzly, uh, I'm sure you've gotten your samples of sauces. Have you tried any?
0: Oh yes, Uh, I tried the jerk chicken. I like that quite a bit. Uh, I used it in a couple of uh, actually not jerk chicken recipes, but some chicken that I cooked up one night. And there was another one I tried. It was a Scotch bonnet sauce that I decided I wanted to have a little bit of spicy pasta that tonight, you know? Mm-hmm. So I put a couple, like the tiniest little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to be able to walk the next day. <laughs> <laughs> but they were good, right? Oh, very good. Absolutely. Mm. Without question, absolutely
1: excellent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We tried uh, the sticky ginger garlic over here, and uh, uh, and uh, oh, yeah, we can't get enough of it for like really slaughtering it on everything.
0: Well, I like the spicy, I put the spicy on my eggs every morning.
1: Mm. <laughs> well, kids, you should try it too. To find out more and to get yours today, go to www.peppermaster.com. The Peppermaster hot pepper sauces made from farm fresh ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all
2: three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports